Joe Biden was already known as a king of gaffes before this election cycle. And many people were saying the best strategy could possibly implement is to hide. When the coronavirus pandemic started, Joe Biden seemingly disappeared. And while many people criticized this, saying he was being removed from the conversation, many others pointed out it actually might help the guy. They're hoping that people just vote against Trump and not for Biden. So the best possible thing you can do is just let people vote for whatever imaginary version of Biden they have in their heads. Back on April 26th, CNN reported that Biden's invisible campaign is winning. But then the Tara Reid allegations emerged, and this is forcing Joe Biden out of hiding and resulting in Biden, the gaff king, well, it's resulting in him looking really bad. It's forcing him to do press where he struggles. Now, of course, I understand Joe Biden was still doing press, but we all kind of understood that the more he did this, the worse things were going to get. On March 25th, Fox News says Joe Biden's gaff filled coronavirus media blitz drives negative headlines. And now following the allegations and Joe Biden's failure to actually address what really happened in a satisfactory manner, many news articles are emerging saying maybe we need to drop Joe Biden. In this article from The Intelligencer, can Democrats force Joe Biden off the ticket? I'll tell you what. Look, I know it's another headline that says the Democrats are panicking. But when you've got your media allies six months out from an election saying, can we drop the guy? Yeah, that sounds like panic to me. You tried hiding the feller. It didn't work. He was forced into the light. And now you're saying, you know what? Maybe we get rid of him. And, and I got to tell you what, some of these articles are some of the most hilarious things I've ever seen. Now, we all know they've been saying maybe Andrew Cuomo. Hey, let's be honest. Cuomo's a pretty popular guy. But take a look at this one. A Hillary Clinton Barack Obama ticket to replace Biden? Is it even possible? Why is it even a question? Now, look, some of these people are Democrat voters and media personalities. So I don't want to pretend like the entirety of the DNC is is freaking out or anything. But I'd have to imagine if they're now entertaining this conversation, they're worried. But let's be real. They've probably been worried for a long time. And that's why they try keeping Joe Biden out of the press. They've tried introducing him slowly and in select environments. At one point, CNN actually suggested they do a debate with Joe Biden sitting down. Yes. Suffice it to say, they are really worried about this guy being in the spotlight. But I'll tell you what, my favorite article, which proves most, a lot of this, stay alive, Joe Biden. Democrats need little from the front runner beyond his corporeal presence. And that's it. Keep the guy hidden. Let everyone imagine the good old days of of Barack Obama. And that's how we win. Unfortunately, because of the Tar Reid allegations, it's not working anymore. And now there are many calls in the media, including the New York Times and the Washington Post saying, Joe Biden must step down. So I'll stress it again. If you've got your media allies and some strategists saying six months out from a general election, we got to get rid of this guy. Man, they are in disarray. Let's read. Let's let's read through this and start with the Michael Brzezinski interview. Before we do, head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There are several ways you can give. But the best thing you can do, share this video. YouTube has implemented algorithms to prop up mainstream media. On the autoplay section, the recommendation uh, recommended videos on the side of this video, you're probably being shown nothing but Fox News. That means I am facing an uphill battle. And if you like my content, sharing it really does help. Otherwise, if you just want to watch, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, hit the notification bell, and then maybe, 
YouTube will actually recommend my videos to you, or maybe they won't. And eventually I'll just have to stop doing this or something. I don't know, but I appreciate your support anyway. So here's a story from May 1st, hot air, Micah to Biden. So we're all supposed to, uh, so we're supposed to believe all women unless it pertains to you. The allegations against Joe Biden have put Democrats in a serious bind. And I don't mean just Democrats. I mean like the Democratic voter base and the resistance type individuals, as well as the politicians. They, for the longest time, propped up the Me Too you know, movement and the ideology, including Joe Biden himself. Well, now, in order to remain true to this, even their typical allies like Michael Brzezinski of MSNBC well, they're not going to they're not going to pull their punches. I mean, actually, she kind of did. She didn't go as hard as she could have, but she still put Joe Biden in a serious spot and it didn't turn out too well for him. I would say, you know, look, hot air is more conservative, but she brings up a good point. I mean, this interview was not good for Biden. Of course, right now, it is still fair to say within reason that Joe Biden's invisible campaign is winning. He's polling above Trump. But does the polling really matter? I honestly don't know. Let's look at this article and then we'll jump back to the Michael Brzezinski, the results of Joe Biden being forced in the limelight. CNN said a new Fox News poll from Michigan finds former Vice President Joe Biden leading President Donald Trump by a 49 to 41 percent margin. Other Fox News polls from Florida and Pennsylvania also showed Biden clearly ahead. In all three cases, Biden's doing better than he is in the long term polling average in those states. What's the point? A lot of Democrats have been hankering for Biden to try to get out to be more part of the daily media conversation. The latest numbers suggest that these voices are likely wrong. (laughs) Oh, man. Biden's proving that the less media he receives, the better it is for his electoral prospects. Over the last month and a half, Trump has had the political spotlight shown on him. He's had daily press conferences that the media has extensively covered. Meanwhile, Biden's struggling to attract much of an audience and he, uh, as he is stru- uh, stuck at home. You can see this really well in media mentions in the top paragraph of stories, as measured by newslibrary.com. Four years ago, from March 20th to April 20th, Trump had about 65% of the mentions between Hillary Clinton and him. This year, during the same period, Trump's gotten about 90% of the coverage dedicated to Biden or him. I'm going to stop you right there and say, I don't think these polls are right. I think Trump is absolutely steamrolling Joe Biden as we all thought he would. And the moment Joe Biden actually comes out into the limelight, he looks bad. Listen, man, when Trump was doing his press briefings, his polling was going up rapidly. He had some of the best polling he has ever had. In fact, he did. He broke an all-time record for his approval in the in the Real Clear Politics polling average. So the media had a collective fit saying we must stop showing these Democrats and resistance types on Twitter were saying shut them down and they did. And they were right for the, you know in in terms of their strategy it worked. Following the shutdown of Trump press briefings, his approval rating started to drop because they realized just airing his briefings was giving him control of the narrative, and they tried pushing back on that. But when Joe Biden steps up, he also loses control of the narrative, and it makes him look bad. You can argue that the polling shows Biden in the lead, but there are a lot of factors to consider from 2016, notably that everybody kind of hated Hillary Clinton. And so whether or not Trump was getting press or not, he ended up winning. I think people underestimated how much the average American disliked Hillary Clinton. But the polling consistently showed Hillary in the lead. So do I believe the polls today as in individually are correct? Honestly, I lean towards no. 
Now, I understand I use these polls, too, and there's a natural bias in whether or not someone's going to uh, you know, believe it or disbelieve it. I try to only use aggregates. I don't always. I'm not perfect. So I deserve some criticism there. But naturally, I look at these polls showing the aggregate of Trump's approval going up. And I think that does mean something. I don't know if it reflects on the entirety of the American voter base, but it certainly does show something. Perhaps there's a bias in the polls for Democrats. If that's the case and they haven't corrected for this, then I don't think the polls matter if they say Joe Biden's winning. Donald Trump is dominating the narrative. You know, they say there's no such thing as bad press. Let's take a look at the results of that interview he did. Politico writes that Biden was resistant to a search of his records at the University of Delaware. He refused to commit to asking the university to release his documents or even to conduct a search of those documents for Reed's name or complaint. This is a reference to the Reed allegations. Quote, if there is a complaint, the National Archives is where it would be, and that's where it would be filed. And if it's there, put it out. I have never seen it. No one has that I'm aware of. Well, as it turns out, the secretary of the Senate says they can't actually do that. So what we end up with is Joe Biden stuttering and stammering on TV, struggling to justify why he wants his record sealed. And, and you actually said, well, there's a lot of stuff in there that, you know, could be taken out of context or, or made to look bad. I'm sorry. Are you saying that people could take your actual record and make it look bad? I get it. I get it. out of context statements and stuff. But maybe Joe Biden should release these documents. It's really funny because right now, This is what we're getting out of this Micah interview, questions being brought up and a desperate attempt to defend Biden. Biden doesn't want to release his documents. So what do they do? What do they do? They defer to Trump. They say, well, Trump didn't release his tax documents. Well, my response to that is thank you for bringing up that argument. I, too, would like to see Donald Trump's tax documents for whatever reason. But the allegations against him pertaining to his tax documents are vague and quite nebulous. I mean, we don't know why we should see his tax documents. Some people say that he's guilty of certain crimes, but unless he got some serious accusations specifically, I don't know why we would do that. In this instance with Joe Biden, we have a direct accusation and potentially the ability to find whether or not there is a document proving that he did this, or at least the complaint exists and he's resisting. So I'll throw it right back to those resistance Democrat types saying, why won't Trump release his tax returns if he thinks Biden should release his? And I'll just say, okay, have them both release the documents. I don't care. I'd love to see Trump's tax paperwork. And thank you for arguing Joe Biden should also release the documents from the university. This is what you get when you put the man on TV. It doesn't fare well for him. So on March 25th, we saw this story from Fox News. Joe Biden's gaff-filled coronavirus media blitz drives negative headlines. Yeah, it didn't work out too well for him. Now we're seeing calls for Joe Biden basically to be removed. And it's kind of a 11th hour desperate measure. The intelligencer writes on May 1st, Tara Reid is making it harder to hide Joe Biden. I kid you not. I want to laugh I want because this is literally their strategy. I'm going back to this. I'm sorry. Stay alive, Joe Biden. Keep the guy alive. Make sure he's got a pulse and hide him in his basement has been the Democrats plan to beat Trump. You have to be insane to think that will work. I know the polls are showing good things, but I don't think this is an accurate reflection of what's really going on. The idea, I guess, is, you know, people, it's Trump. They either really, really hate him or they really, really like him. Very few people you find in the middle. But look, right now, polling shows from Gallup. Again, I know it's one poll, but they show that Trump is favored by independence only slightly. So the more you keep the man on TV, I guess you got to control the narrative. But I, I guess they, they think it's going to work. 
They want to keep the guy alive and keep him hidden. I'm hidden. I'm sorry, man. Look, I get it. Conservatives agreed. The Washington Examiner said Joe Biden should hide for as long as he can during the pandemic, but he's not. Because even though the Democrats were hoping to hide him and saying Biden, Biden and his invisible campaign were working, I mean, Biden still did have to come out. So I'm not going to pretend like he was choosing to do this. I don't think he was. He went on CNN and it was a disaster. There's one viral video where apparently like Hillary was endorsing him or something, and it looks like he fell asleep. The best thing they can do, as they've stated, going back a year plus, just keep him out of the public sight. One of the things we heard, right, an easy way to explain why this strategy, why they have this strategy. On the Joe Rogan podcast, one of his guests, I think his name was Owen Smith, said that people long for a return to normalcy. It's a nostalgia campaign. That means they can't actually show you what Joe Biden thinks or what he wants. They're relying on this idea you might have of what things were like. Life was good. We were having fun. We were laughing. That's what they're going for. And when Joe Biden goes on camera and goes on TV, it shatters that narrative. So that's why they need to keep the guy out of sight. But now we're seeing the media turn. I think partly due to the fact that Joe Biden was forced into the limelight in one of the worst possible ways, a serious accusation against him. They've, they just straight up dropped the, the, the they're going for it. They're going for plan B, I guess it, you can call it. That's what, that's what the New York Times is saying. Elizabeth Brunig of the New York Times writes in an op-ed, Democrats, it's time to consider a plan B. Tara Reid's allegations against Joe Biden demand action. And in the story, she concludes by saying, Democrats need to begin formulating an alternative strategy for 2020, one that does not include Mr. Biden. Can the can Democrats force Joe Biden off the ticket? <laughs> like this is it. The guy's on TV for what one day over this accusation. Trump has faced how many accusations and they couldn't stop the man. If Joe Biden is being knocked out by one, Donald Trump's going to win. But you know what? I also got to point out, think about the politicians we've, we've, we've earned thus far. Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Look, man, I've never been a big Trump fan in terms of his politics. I think he's a funny guy and he's a good entertainer. And I think he, he does represent some kind of, you know, absolutely American success for sure. But this is, this is what we're going to have. And, and now I, I got to say, for all of the negative things you can say about Trump, placing Joe Biden next to Trump. You ever see that joke on Family Guy? where they, uh, the, the, the Griffins get a reality TV show and the TV show hires an ugly woman to stand next to, the, to Meg, the daughter, because it makes her look better by comparison. That's what's happening with Joe Biden and Trump. Like for all of Trump's faults, the way I see it, I mean, at least for me, I, I'm, this is my opinion, right? I, you, you might feel differently. By putting Joe Biden next to Trump, you make Trump look infinitely better. It's like, wow, that's the option we have? The guy who can't speak, who's touchy-feely with all these women? There's a really uh, hilarious comedy routine by a guy named Andrew Schultz, where he says, here's why you got to vote, vote for Biden. Donald Trump is the guy who says you can, he, you know, when you're famous, you can grab women. Joe Biden's the guy who actually does it. And that's that's like actually making Trump look better by comparison. I, I don't know what, you know, they, they've tried to spin this against Trump. But I'm telling you, man, you call Trump, you know, they, they try claiming Trump is mentally ill. Because Trump says things that are erratic or, you know, just strange, bigly or whatever. And then you put up Joe Biden next to him and Joe Biden can't speak at all. And I'm like, that makes Trump look kind of normal. Then you talk about the accusations against Trump. Then you put Biden up against him and you play the videos of Joe Biden. And I'm like, that also makes Trump look better. I'm telling you, man, they got to hide the guy. The intelligencer asks, now that Joe Biden has appeared on MSNBC to address the accusations against him, 
And Reed herself is, is uh, preparing a, res- a response. We're at a whole new phase of the Biden Reed story or scandal or brouhaha or however you choose to describe it. And because nobody's really ignoring the allegations anymore, the question must arise, particularly for those who believe Reed's accusations. How is the saga to be resolved, assuming no evidentiary smoking gun appears? Well, I guess the answer is simple. Some have speculated this is actually not panic from the Democrats. It's all according to plan. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. The reason why I think this is more of a frantic, chaotic panic is that I don't think there's a conspiracy here. Some people have suggested, and I, I did entertain the idea, that Democrats need, like, are, are actually going to use this accusation as, a, as an out. They needed to stop Bernie Sanders. They used the nostalgia of Joe Biden. But now they need to find a real candidate. And this is their way to get rid of Biden, who clearly cannot beat Donald Trump. Some have suggested it could, in fact, be Andrew Cuomo. Democrats want to drop Joe Biden for Andrew Cuomo poll fines. This is from April 10th. And according to NPR, uh, conservative New Yorkers trust Cuomo over Trump on state reopening poll, uh, state reopening poll fines. They've repeatedly made these kinds of statements that, you know, Andrew Cuomo is the most popular guy. Here's one from CNN just from May 1st. Andrew Cuomo may be the single most popular politician in America right now. Look, I honestly think Cuomo has has a, a good abil- a good a good potential to defeat Donald Trump. But how do you get Cuomo on the ticket? He didn't run, he didn't primary, and now at the at, at their very most dire moment, Democrats need a way to get Biden out and get someone else in. Now I don't know if Cuomo would do it. Apparently Cuomo said he doesn't want to do it. Some are asking the absurd question of whether it could be a Hillary Clinton Barack Obama ticket. I guess they're, look at look how many shares this thing has. Really, ninety seven thousand shares. I guess the general idea is that the Constitution says you can't run for president. You know, the amendment, you can't run twice. So Obama being VP could get him there. I don't know if that makes sense either. I'm not saying uh, Hillary and Obama ticket would win or a Cuomo ticket w- could win. I, th- I think they have a good chance, right? Some people have told me to stop saying the Michelle Obama thing, like, oh, don't entertain it. She can't beat Trump. Look, man, you, under- you underestimate where- how people feel, right? Donald Trump won certain states by slim margins. So do not underestimate. Like to the people who are saying, no, no, don't say, you know, Michelle, or, you know, or Barack or whatever, whoever could be on the ticket. Don't underestimate your opponents, man. If you think they tried playing underhanded games with Crossfire Hurricane, the Russiagate investigation, you think they'd stop there? Look, it, it, it is, in my, in my opinion, the things we're hearing about Michael Flynn, if you've been following that story, that he was framed by these rogue agents because they really, really wanted to go after Donald Trump and just kind of destroy him. If you think they're if, if if they're willing to go that far, don't you think they'd be willing to go the distance of throwing Joe Biden under the bus and dropping Cuomo on the ticket? I know these are all long shots. I'm not going to pretend like I can predict what's going to happen, but I really do think Andrew Cuomo is a strong potential for them now that they have an out. I, I find it curious, you know, that all of these personalities initially ignored the read allegations and then slowly came around. I think the simple solution is that they were boxed, you know, they were put into a corner. They had no choice. These were their principles and people were now questioning whether or not they actually cared about the things they talked about. All of a sudden, one by one, they start switching and flipping. Then we get this MSNBC interview where Micah Brzezinski, MSNBC of all people, tears into Joe Biden. Now, not in the worst way possible, but enough to cause him serious harm that people are now asking whether or not we should boot this guy from the ticket. And, and, and you look back at these stories, there are polls that find people like Cuomo more. Look, man, I don't know if I'd bet a substantial amount of money, but I tell you what, 
If I was offered a gentleman's bet, meaning just, you know, no real money, I'd be willing to bet they're going to swap out Biden for Cuomo. I'm not saying I know for sure. I know it's kind of a long shot, but we all know Joe Biden will lose. Like, let's be real, man. Donald Trump is, is, is wiping. It's look, Joe Biden has tried being, you know, they've, they've tried hiding him to, to a certain extent. And when he's tried to come out to, to, to do something with these statements or tweets, because that's really what's happening, the, the Twitter statements are how they're kind of getting his message out. But he's, he struggles to get any real press attention. There's a meme going around of two soldiers and one guy is like sleeping with sunglasses on and the other soldier is dragging him. And they say and they put the media on the soldier dragging Joe Biden. That's how, that's the joke. The only reason Joe Biden is actually in this race at all is because there are people in media desperately trying to prop him up. One of the weirdest things I've seen is that when Joe Biden goes on TV and then struggles to say a word, people finish his sentences for him. Even conservatives are doing this. Like there was one thing Joe Biden said where I can't remember exactly what he said, something about like, you know, when America goes first, they go alone. And and it was kind of like an anti-America first sentiment. When he said something like this, he actually stuttered and stammered and said, what are your, uh, uh, mm, yeah, mm. and then I was reading some conservative outlet and they cut out the stuttering and the stammering. And I'm like, stop, don't do that. Put the full quote. The dude didn't have a cohesive thought. He had to string words together and eventually come to a conclusion. Now, what we're seeing from traditional media is this is all they do. Biden will say something like he'll be asked specifically about like, how do you deal with school funding? And then he'll say a bunch of words that kind of come together and the media will write the headline condensing what they think Biden was trying to say. This is giving him protection. And even with the media doing this, they still can't get past Donald Trump dominating headlines. But it's been good, right? Because that's the argument. Some people want to present a positive image of Biden. Meanwhile, keep him hidden as much as possible. Well, Mostly because of the Tar Reid allegations, Biden is now front and center. And in response, the media now has to make this choice. So here's the point I want to get to. I think it's a decent possibility. They will now swap out Biden for Cuomo. Some people think it'll be Hillary. I really, really don't think so, man. People really don't like that lady, but maybe. I mean, she really wants to be president and she, you know, she kind of just tries to take whatever she wants. Ultimately, though, I think this is more panic than anything. The fact that they're bringing up Hillary Clinton and Obama, and, and, and again, look, I'm not trying to paint a picture that like they're all saying this. This is just one opinion writer. But the fact that we have all of these people, lefties, Democrat voters saying, get them out, get them out, get them out. They're freaking out and they know it. Their own principles were challenged and they tried ignoring it. And when they couldn't ignore it, they said, OK, fine, we'll talk about it. They put out these puff pieces. The Washington Post claimed that it was Trump allies pushing the story. The New York Times said, no, no, but Trump has been accused more. And it wasn't enough. It didn't work. The allegations and the story came from progressives. In response to this unwinnable fight, they've decided to flip and are in total chaos. I know some people think it's a strategy. I think it was uh, one of Bernie's old staffers that said, don't be surprised if they use this to try and swap, you know, uh, Biden out for someone more popular. I think it's just chaos. You know, there's this close to the election and now they're desperately trying to find someone else to replace the guy. The convention will be chaos if there even is a convention. Biden's delegates will be voting for random who knows what. But I think they may have no choice but to go for Cuomo if they can convince him. Ultimately, I have no idea other than let me put it this way. 
We want to believe maybe there's some uh, some real strategy behind what the Democrats are doing. I don't buy it. I mean, look, every time they tried to impeach Trump, it resulted in him having a higher approval rating and raising more money. So I certainly wouldn't believe now that they have any cohesive strategy. That just means that we're in a time period where we are sitting just outside of an election. They haven't even been able to run campaign ads for whoever the candidate might be. It may still be Joe Biden, but now their own allies are saying, can we get this guy out of there? Yeah, it's chaos. Meanwhile, you look at the Trump party, you know, the the Republican party and the Trump base, I should say, and they're unified. Donald Trump it is. So look, relatively speaking, the Democrats are in a frantic wad of chaos. And I have no idea what to expect other than I think Biden's going to be removed. Maybe he'll just drop out. Maybe he'll, and you know what they'll do? They'll play something up like, this is us upholding our own principles, which you know Trump would never do. Joe Biden will say something like, well, you know, I wanted to be president and all that. We must, you know, adhere to our own standards. And for this, I will be, you know, leaving the race. And then they'll put up someone like Cuomo. And that'll be their opportunity to claim that when it comes to issues of Me Too, we are right there, you know, doing the right thing. And they will lord that over Trump all day and night when in actuality, it's just a bit of chaos and an opportunity to remove the guy. He's not all there. He will never, never beat Trump in a debate. It would be, it would be brutal. So here's their chance. But who knows, man? Because admittedly, look, it is just pandemonium. I don't think they even know what they're going to do. A Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama ticket. Sure. I'd love to see it. I'll leave it there. Stick around. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. YouTube.com slash Timcast News. And I will see you all then. We all knew it was just a matter of time until they started saying anybody who wants to see the economy reopened must be a racist. And now, of course, it's coming from the one state we probably all predicted it would come from, Michigan, where the governor, uh, Governor Gretchen Whitmer, says it depicted some of the worst racism and most awful parts of U.S. history. She slams anti-lockdown protesters at Michigan Capitol and says their Confederate flags, nooses and swastikas are not representative of who we are. But don't worry, it's not just a local, uh, I should say, it's not just a state governor calling anybody who protests this racist. It's also good old Teen Vogue, who somehow became a socialist propaganda magazine. I guess when we were trying to figure out, you know, what dress a certain celebrity was wearing, they were actually trying to figure out how to inject Karl Marx. I'm not kidding. They've run pro Karl Marx stories. But they're saying this, quote, whether it's taking back the country, making America great again, or reopening America, the goals of these white Americans are rooted in a desire to return to their white dominance and white control. Please explain to me why, if that's the case, the police, uh, the New York police just had to take a dude's badge and gun because he was beating a black man who was calling out the cops because they were arresting someone over a social distancing violation. Please explain to me how these people in New York City, a black man, no less, saying, hey, man, he didn't do nothing wrong. That guy, he just wants to return to his white supremacy. Is that what it is? You know what, man? They called for censorship and they said, we must censor the Internet because of hate speech. And now they're saying we must censor the Internet because of safety. They're saying, oh, but the the people on the online are saying naughty words and they're racists. And now they're saying the people who want their jobs back because they're worried about mass starvation and their business collapsing must be bigots, including the black dude who stood up to the cops and got beaten up for it. Well, I'm glad to see that cop is being held accountable. Bill de Blasio was like, whoa, whoa, can't have that, can we? Yet at the same time, this is what we get over in Michigan. The Daily Mail reports. 
Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer has decried protests staged inside the state's Capitol building last week, which featured demonstrators with assault weapons, swastikas, and Confederate flags, saying the event acted as a reminder of some of the most awful parts of U.S. history. The swastikas they were showing were to smear you, <laughs> Governor Whitmer. They weren't, they, they, they weren't holding them in support of the idea. They were showing a picture of you as Hitler, and they were showing swastikas. Some of the outrageousness of what happened at our capital depicted some of the worst racism and awful parts of, our his, of history in our country. The Confederate flags and nooses, the swastikas, the behavior that you have seen in all the clips is not represent, representative of who we are in Michigan, she continued. This lady is the queen of Karens. You know, you know what a Karen is, right? She embodies this. Look at the, look at the, look, what, what is with these people? You know what I don't understand? Remember when uh, you, you have these photos of like Christine Blasey Ford, Peter Strzok, and now her, and they do this thing where they lean in and look up? Why, why, why are you doing that? It's like, it, it's like out of a movie. It's like evil. It's like what you expect the villain to do out of a movie. It's like, <laughs> I don't get it. That's kind of weird. The American Patriot Rally, organized by Michigan United for Liberty, was staged Thursday in contempt for Whitmer's stay-at-home orders put in place to help stop the spread of the coronavirus. We can see some people now. Look, I don't know. I don't know anything about nooses. I don't. I don't trust this lady, though. I'm pretty sure she's lying. She's trying to falsely frame this as though people were literally flying, you know, swastikas or something. And that's what they do because they know that if people actually knew what was going on, they would freak out and they would say, "We don't want none of this." So check out the story. I want to show you what happened in New York with this guy. Get it? The NYPD officer placed on desk duty after shocking video showed him beating a bystander during so, uh, during a social distancing arrest. Yeah, they've been arresting people for not social distancing. Meanwhile, Elon Musk calls this out, and they say, "But you know, Elon's like you telling people they can't leave their homes is fascism." And then the, all these media outlets are like, "But no one's forced to stay home, dude." They're arresting people for breaking social distancing. They arrest a dude for riding a paddleboard by himself. They arrested a lady in a park. They, they're arresting a dude in the streets of New York City. And then when the guy says, yo, he didn't do nothing, the cops beat him, like beat him. You know, man, it's funny. It's happening in New York too. Before we read this, though, I want to give a shout out to myself. If uh, many, of, I, I've actually been told, many people don't realize this. I have more than one channel. So go to youtube.com slash timcast. It's a totally different channel from this one. Subscribe if you haven't. I do a segment there every day at 4 p.m. It tends to be longer and more comprehensive. But uh, make sure you subscribe if you haven't, because I've actually had people confused when I mention it, saying, like, I get emails from people being like, what do you mean? You have more than one channel. So yes, here it is. YouTube.com slash TimCast is a different channel from this one. Don't ask me why YouTube does things the way they do. I don't know. So check this out. A New York police officer has been stripped of his gun and badge and placed on desk duty after shocking video emerged showing him beating up a man over an alleged social distancing violation. On Saturday, several plainclothes NYPD cops broke up a group of people ignoring social distancing orders and dragged a man to the ground and arrested him in the East Village on Avenue D and 9th Street around 5 p.m. Two minutes after the arrest, bystanders began to shout and decry the force used by police prompting officer Francisco Garcia to threaten the crowd with a stun gun and shout, get back, get the F back, according to the New York Post. Donnie Wright, 33, was part of the crowd and shouted, he didn't even do nothing in shock over the cops earlier arrest. What you flexing for don't flex. Garcia wearing a black t-shirt, jeans, Yankees cap and belt, showing his officer's badge replied before punching Wright in the head. And then they, uh, so this is the first arrest. This guy walks up. 
And then he just starts wailing on this dude. Uh, you got to see the, it's, the video's nuts, man. YouTube's obviously, I'm, I'm going to get in trouble from YouTube because they don't, they don't like it when you, when you call this behavior out. But check this out. He just walks right up to the dude and just clocks him. Check this. He, he walks up. He's got a stun gun out. He's putting it away. Now, now, boom. All right. So, so Donnie got up to him and he just started wailing on him. So I said, all right, I'll be fair. It looks like Donnie walked up to the cop and then the cop just clocked him. So look, man. Yeah, he says, what you flexing for? And the guy's saying, you know, he didn't do nothing. Donnie walks up to the cop and then boom, the cop just starts hitting him. So look, man, I'm sure some people are probably going to be out in defense of this cop. Look, I, I'm not I'm not playing any games. We're at a point where people are going outside to do normal things. You can't you can't police your way out of a pandemic. You can't force every single person to abide by it. it look, it doesn't. It you know, what, man, I'm going to say it. You can try and pass your laws all you want. You can try and say you have to do something. You can't do some things. But I'll tell you what, people are going to do what they want. And as much as right now they're trying to claim that it's, it's, it's racists who are coming out and everybody who does this is racist. I'm sure there's some people who are racist who are doing it. Yeah, fine, whatever. But listen, man, in, in Los Angeles, in New York, the people who are coming out and ignoring the orders, they're not protesting. They're just ignoring you. That's, what, that's what's really funny about this. Are they trying to imply that all the people who went to the, uh, to the park in New York City, there's this photo going viral of people at the park just doing their thing like normal. Are you trying to argue that all those people are racists too? Because look what Teen Vogue says. Actually, I don't even know if they'll let me open this. We'll see if I can actually read the article. So they show Trump supporters and they're always trying to frame it about like white supremacy. Reopen protests are motivated by racism. Lack of concern for black and brown lies. Oh man, you know what? Great. I'd love to see you guys come out right now in support of that dude who just got clocked by that cop and the people in New York City. What's that? Only when it's politically convenient, I suppose. It's actually funny because there's one viral post. I'm not going to name the person who, who posted it laughing at Georgia because the COVID cases are going up and most of the people who are getting it, it's like eight out of 10 are black people. And it seems to me that they're, they, they always pretend to not be racist. But here's here's the here's the reality, man. They tend to be upper class white people. They don't actually care. What's really funny is I saw a post from uh, on Facebook going viral. Somebody said something like to all the, you know, MAGA chuds who are angry about illegal immigrants. How does it feel being reliant on illegal immigrant farmers as you as you can't work and are in desperate need of food or something like that? And I thought about it. And I'm like, I don't think they're making the point they think they're making. Right. They're trying to claim that we're all dependent on illegal immigrants right now because they're farming. First of all, that's not necessarily true that like all farmers are illegal immigrants. That's a weird stereotype. It's also very strange that you assume they're all out in the, like in the, in, in the will, like in the, in that rural country farming. That's like, that's racist. I mean, well, it's not really, I guess if you, I don't know what, which uh, immigrant you're referring to, but a lot of illegal immigrants are in cities doing city work, locked down as well. So it's funny that we always see these things. It's like, I don't know if you ever saw the Osborne thing, Kelly Osborne, I think her name is, when she said, if it weren't for illegal immigrants, like who would clean your toilets? And everyone was like, uh, but that's how they think. This is how these upper class progressives think. They want a surf class. So I saw this post saying that basically, you know, illegal immigrants are doing all this labor. And I'm like, so let me get this straight. You've got underpaid uh, workers with no legal rights, okay? And they're risking getting covid while you sit in your New York apartment with your stimulus check so that you can have access to what they do for free. <laughs> There's a word for that. When you have people working 
and they're risking their lives while you don't work and get to reap the benefits of their labor. There's a word for that. I won't get too hyperbolic on this. We'll just call it the the surf class they've always wanted. They advocate for allowing non-citizens to come in to do labor, but not get citizenship benefit rights. And I guess it's some kind of like halfway point between the establishment Democrats trying to be like not necessarily for open borders, but still trying to pander to the open borders crowd. And it, it doesn't really work out because you end up advocating for serfdom. So, so forgive me if you're now calling out the people who actually want to do the work themselves. If, if, if I criticize you for calling them racist, think about it. The people who are protesting. Let me read the sign. Let's see what it says. If we knew then what we know now, the country would have never shut down. Show me the signs where people are saying like, I want it all to burn or that they hate certain races or anything like that. You're not going to find them. Sure, there are dumb signs. There are dumb signs at every protest. That's what's so dumb about everything. You know, people will be like, look at the left wing protest and their dumb sign. Look at the right wing protest. Now stop. When the people on the, on, on the right who are out protesting are saying things like, I want my job back. You're talking about an individual who says, I want to go do the work. So, so let, let's, let's wrap this all up together, right? There really is this post on Facebook and it says like illegal immigrant labor. So here you are defending, for the most part, minority labor being put at risk so you can reap the benefits of the labor they do while doing no work yourself. And you're calling, not, not this person individual, but then simultaneously we're seeing the people saying, I want to do the work myself are being called racists and that their desire to work is rooted in white supremacy. Welcome to the psychotic backwards. I have no idea what's going on reality of politics. How is it white supremacy to want to be able to go out and work for yourself? Well, I guess we'll, I guess we'll, we'll find out. Here's what the Teen Vogue says. In Huntington Beach, California, it's in LA, blah, blah, blah. Mostly white bodies were not wearing masks or practicing social distancing. Huntington Beach is home to one of the reopen movements, an AstroTurf protest focused on reopening businesses across. These people don't know what AstroTurf is. And it's really funny. They keep calling these protests AstroTurf. They're not. AstroTurfing is when, or it used to be, when you actually, you would organize events and you would bus people in. You would hire people or you would call for volunteers. You'd be like, we have a bus. Everybody on the bus. We're driving you here. We're going to protest. Starting a Facebook event and asking locals to come out is just called organizing. But of course, they keep adding these words. This is what they do. It's kind of like how they say credibly accused. They add this word because you don't know what it means. And they're doing it so that they can smear the people who are actually protesting. Now, I'll tell you this. Check it out. There's a big old bus aboard the Trump train, Trump Pence. But there is a big difference between shipping people in and asking people to come out. That would mean that literally every rally Obama ever had was astroturfed because they organized simultaneous events and then asked everyone to come out. And they did. That's not astroturfing. Now, what we have seen this from all political sides where a bus will pull up and people will come out and start, you know, protesting or sitting down. Yeah. Okay. That's astroturfing. You're trying to make it seem like the crowd is bigger than usual. So busing people in. Yeah. And maybe they're doing that. Maybe I'll be fair. I'll be fair. Maybe I don't know. They have a bus there. Maybe they brought some people in and said, we're going to bring, you know, everybody wants to come. We're going to bring you to uh, the Capitol building or something. But just because they're pointing out that these things were organized online, that doesn't mean it's all astroturf. So here's it. They, 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 okay. All right. Georgia governor, Brian Kemp, has been accused of voter suppression. I'm not going to read this. This is ridiculous. All right, let's see. Despite data showing that social distancing is working in other states, ordering Georgia's heavily black and brown workforce back on the job relieves the state of having to pay unemployment benefits. 
or they can do the Paycheck Protection Program, which also relieves the state of paying unemployment benefits. Like, this is a ridiculous argument. In South Dakota, where they never locked down, no one's arguing they're forcing the white population of South Dakota to go back to work, and there hasn't been an outbreak. So you can't argue necessarily that people are at risk over this. I just think the whole thing is stupid and silly. I don't, I don't, you know what, man? It's, 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 it's predictable. I'll put it that way. What's next? They're going to say it's white. Well, they're already saying it's white supremacy. So I guess they've taken it to their logical conclusion. No, uh, no, just, just no. I'm so tired of this, man. You can tell, right? I'm kind of exhausted. They're, they're, they want to argue that locking down is the only way to save things. But they said that we wanted to flatten the curve, right? They were like, you know, we need to lock things down so we can flatten the curve. Now they're saying there's going to be a second wave. And a lot of people are feeling frustrated that we did flatten the curve. We, re- we dramatically reduced the projected death totals. And so what's funny is they were initially projecting millions. Then we locked everything down. Then they said hundreds of thousands. Then they realized the lockdown was working better than we thought. Now it's at around, I think, 67 to 68,000 deaths. And, and this is horrifying. These people have lost their lives and, we're, and we're, 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 we are upset about it. But when Trump comes out and says, we've done a great job, we've reduced this number, they say Trump is actually celebrating 66,000, 68,000 deaths. No, he's celebrating 140,000 saved by these measures. So now that we've flattened the curve and we've dramatically reduced the amount of hospital beds we need, what happens? Okay, well, now we should start to reopen things, right? I mean, it's been just over a month. We're now uh, heading into, uh, now, we're now into May and people uh, have, uh, many people have survived. You know, we've, we've definitely lost lives. Now's the time to slowly start reopening things. And we're seeing that. In fact, like, as I mentioned, several states didn't actually close in the first place. But now they're arguing a second wave is going to come in fall and then you'll regret it. Well, well hold on. We always knew that was a possibility, but we knew that we couldn't just shut things, shut things down permanently. This has become, excuse me, this has become such insane and overt tribalism that we now have people who just for the sake of opposing Trump are saying anybody who wants to get back to normal is is a bigoted, racist, white supremacist, and that we must remain locked down, what, forever? That makes no sense. And that was never the argument. Sane, rational people should be pointing this out. In fact, in New York, apparently they are, and the cops are beating them up for it. So please tell me what you think is supposed to happen. So long as Trump is for it, they're going to oppose it. If Trump says, we should keep everything locked down, we're not going to reopen, they'd be like, we got to reopen the economy. Trump's insane. You know, people are going to starve. Yeah, we get it. This is why it's tiring to do segments like this, to be honest, because it's always the exact same thing. Oh, what's that? You, you protest? They're going to call you a racist. But when the rent strike people came out and protested, saying they weren't going to pay, what did they say? Nothing. That's right. If you're conservative, if you believe in reopening the economy, if you're a New York City black man challenging a cop for arresting people for BS reasons, they will ignore you and they will call the white people racists. So I'd like to see them address this story. What are you flexing for? Well, I'm glad to see that the NYPD has taken this guy's job. But, you know, I'll tell you what, the cop who was doing it wasn't a white cop either. He's just wailing on this dude. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm completely over this, to be, to be honest. Bill de Blasio uh, commented, saying that he saw the video, disturbed by it. The officer involved has been placed on modified duty, and an investigation has begun. The behavior I saw in that video is not acceptable. Nothing's going to happen to this guy. It never, it never does. Nothing's going to happen. We're not going to see Black Lives Matter protests. I mean, maybe, but I really doubt it, because the left right now can't support it. Are they going to come out and support a guy who was challenging social distancing? Uh-oh. But I thought all the people protesting it were racists, were bigots who wanted white supremacy. You know, it's funny, though. You know who probably will support this guy? 
conservatives who are mad at the police are attacking people and arresting people for going about their normal daily lives. And while you could say this guy shouldn't have gotten, you know, gotten, gotten, walked up to that cop, the cop smacked him first. So I don't know what to tell you, man, but I, but I, but I can tell you expect, expect to get worse. You know, I don't, I don't know where you go from white supremacy, but certainly that's where they've gone. So, you know, I'll leave it there. Stick around. Next segment's coming up at 1 PM on this channel, and I will see you all then. Across this country, thousands of protesters are standing up in defiance of these mandatory lockdown orders saying enough, we must restore the economy or we will face something truly drastic. And the media has not been very kind, insulting them. We saw the governor of Michigan calling them bigots, among other things, teen Vogue insulting them. Yet they seem to conveniently ignore all of the people in these democratic controlled cities who are going about their business at parks and beaches. Yet where's, where's the call up for those people? Now, it, it exists somewhat, but they really just love digging into these Trump supporters. Meanwhile, rent strike activists have been out well before the Trump supporters were protesting and the conservatives were protesting. And the media didn't really say much other than people are protesting. They don't want to pay rent. Well, now we have a truly glorious and humorous story. Antifa activist goes viral, bragging about lawsuit against his landlord. And then it turns out his landlord is his grandmother. And is anyone really surprised that some, you know, what, (laughs) some dude living with his grandmother happens to be Antifa? Now, I'll tell you what, this story from the District Herald, but there's also like a mainstream report about this that actually kind of tries to defend the guy suing his grandmother because he doesn't want to pay her rent. And and, And look, here's why this is funny. Just because you're family with someone doesn't mean you can't get into legal disputes. These things happen. And just because he's he's renting a house from his grandmother's company, whatever that really means. Okay, okay, fine. You know, does it really matter? This is grandma a little bit. Here's the reason, uh, not, not, not as much as I, you know, a lot of people might want to drag him for, but it does matter because he tried framing it like he was this rent strike activist who was going up against the machine when it's really... His nana was like, you got your stimulus money. Are you going to pay your rent? And he was like, no way, grandma. I am not paying rent. And she was like, I can see that you have money. I'm your grandmother. And he was like, I'm not going to pay you. So they tried defending it. I mean, it's fair, I guess. He makes a statement, but come on. We know what this really is. Now, there's a bunch of other stuff going on. And we can get more serious, right? In, uh, in Baltimore, a billboard for the mayor was vandalized with a message calling for no rent. And now we can see the true ramifications of these rent strike protests. Yes, we have to get things moving again. If you thought 30 million unemployment claims was bad, wait until it gets a whole lot worse. Landlords brace for huge wave of rental defaults after more than 30 million Americans applied for unemployment relief. Yeah, it's getting bad. And I don't blame the people who can't pay rent. I mean, we're all being forced into the shutdown. That's why many people are calling for the economy to be reopened. But I can blame the people who are yelling at their grandma saying, I don't want to pay rent, even though I got Trump bucks. So let's read this silly story. And then we'll read the more serious story because sometimes it's fun to read the silliness. Daily, uh, I'm sorry, the District Herald says a militant Antifa activist went viral recently for filing a complaint against his landlord for tracking his coronavirus stimulus check and demanding rent. But he conveniently left out the landlord is his grandmother. Now, I got to be fair. Just because it's your gammy doesn't mean she's allowed to track your private information. That is a a privacy violation. But 
it's his grandmother. If he came out right away and was like, my grandmother is doing this, nobody would have taken him seriously. And yeah, maybe he should have been honest. Austin Goodrich received an outpouring of sympathy for his situation after filing the lawsuit in Oregon on April 22nd. The complaint said that the actions of, of his landlord left him feeling overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly violated and vulnerable. Goodrich was demanding that his grandmother waive all rent due until the end of his lease on June 30th, waive all due and past due amounts, return his security deposit, and give him an excellent rental reference. Since she did not respond to his absurd requests, he filed a lawsuit. Goodrich tweeted that his landlord had texted him hours after he received his stimulus money. They're called Trump bucks, asking whether he planned to use it to pay rent. However, the defendant is not only his grandmother and landlord, she is also his tax preparer. Oh, dude. Goodrich confirmed that TLC bookkeeping and tax prep is run by his grandmother, but said he does not associate with her outside of their tenant landlord relationship. Again, it's fair to call out just because it's his grandmother doesn't give her right to uh, the right to violate his privacy, but she's his tax preparer. She has access to his financials. Come on. Goodrich previously made waves when he helped shut down a college Republicans event at Portland State in 2019, according to a report from the Post Millennial. And now we can see who these people really are. They live with Gammy. They don't like people saying naughty words. The far left activist claims that he, public, he, that he publicly attacked and is suing his grandmother to bring attention to, the, to IRS vulnerabilities. He said, I initially remained anonymous on the issue for a while, but decided to use this opportunity to speak out on behalf of tenants that suffer abuses from their landlords and property managers, that this is the time to put your foot down and demand fair treatment of your rights, said Goodrich in an email exchange with the Oregonian Oregon Live. I also wanted to bring attention to the IRS's vulnerabilities that would allow anyone with access to social security numbers to gain illegal access to their computer systems. Goodrich locked his Twitter account after it was revealed that his landlord is his grandmother. Yeah, his grandmother should not be using his private information or his financial details to get access to the, the IRS tracking system. That is really messed up. I'll be, I'll be totally you know, fair about that. You should not be doing it. But I also want to point out there are special rules when it comes to landlord-tenant relationships as well as uh, employment when you are family. So I'll, I'll put it this way. I don't, look, I don't care if you've gone through a formal relationship with your grandma, grandmother. According to the local news outlet KGW8, he was saying that it was originally his grandmother and a partner, and he didn't want to be dealing with his grandma. So eventually the partner left, and then he found himself you know, with no choice but to negotiate, be negotiating with his grandmother. Dude, you got hooked up. You got given an apartment because your gammy manages this. You know, It's like, you want me to be sympathetic to you because the, your landlord is like abusing your rights? I can be, but when it's your grandmother hooking you up with a property, and then you're like, I'm not paying rent, grandma. I'm going to be like, dude, pay your, pay your grandma. Come on. You got Trump bucks. Pay your grandmother. At the very least, don't sue her. Say, hey, grandma, times are tough. Can you help me out? And if she doesn't want to do it, you know what, man? Don't make it public. You know, when, you, when you've got a legal family matter, you keep it to yourself, right? But he decided to, to try and turn this into an Antifa high horse rent strike protest. <laughs> and now everyone's just kind of making fun of him for not paying his grandmother the money that he owes her. Look, there are a lot of people who don't have money. Some people didn't get stimulus checks. Some people aren't getting unemployment benefits. And we're facing a serious crisis. It's, this, is, this is legit. I mean, no fooling. I understand why he wouldn't want to pay rent. And you know what? As much as we can make fun of the guy because it's his grandmother, to a, to a varying degree, 
I respect the argument that we need some kind of control on rent for the time being. But you have to understand landlords manage properties. They have employees that do things. There's a viral meme going around where it's like landlord isn't a job. And they say that landlords don't even provide housing. They actually gatekeep housing. And it's like, dude, listen, do you know how much money it takes to build a property, to maintain six units, 12, 18, 30, however big your building is? It is not simple. It requires tremendous managerial power, construction, maintenance, utilities. They say the landlords shouldn't own that because they're gatekeeping. It's like, can you afford to build this building? Can you afford to build a house? No, you can't. It takes a lot of energy from human beings to build a house. So the way things work is that if you have the credit because you've worked and you've made money, and it's, it's not true of everybody. Some people just get handed stuff. I understand. I'm not a big fan of it. Some people make money from nothing. Some people are born rich. That's, not the, that, that's, that's a different issue. If you can go to a bank and say, I can prove that I can bring in enough money because I need $300,000 to build a house and I only make you know $60,000 a year, something like that, the bank might consider it if you can pay them a certain amount per month for a certain amount of years. You see how this works? And then the bank issues the loan and that loan money is then used to hire the labor to build the house. It's a financial system. That's how it works. Well, a landlord does just that, except landlords typically need, like in big cities, you know, a million plus dollars to build a multi-unit building. You don't have to pay the full 15 or $20,000 a month mortgage. You only got to pay a couple grand. You see how this works? So yes, landlord is a job. Landlords do help provide housing. Not all of them. Some of them are slumlords. We're not going to defend slumlords. These people are taking advantage of a system and it's criminal. But if you work really hard, if you have a company that has enough credit or enough resources to build a building that costs something like 20 grand per month to maintain, and you have all of the tenants each paying, you know, 2,500 and you have 10 units, then you make an extra five grand or so every month after you've covered the cost of everything. You see, there's a job involved. Now they probably make a little bit more than that. The point is all of these people calling for rent strike, the ones that can't afford to pay, I get it. We're all screwed on this one. A lot of people can't work. Revenue's down across the board. Revenue for me is, is down. It's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to get bad. And now that landlords are bracing for a huge wave of rental defaults due to unemployment, the last thing we need are uppity people who got their Trump bucks now saying, but I shouldn't have to pay anyway. The Trump bucks were for you. You know, they, it, was, it was to help you cover your bills. Now, I will be fair again. 1200 bucks doesn't go very far. And if someone's got to choose between eating food and paying rent, I'll tell you what, man, they're going to choose to eat food. So the story about the dude and his grandmother is something else. I mean, I'm sure he could work out a real deal with his grandmother. And even if he can't, bro, don't go, don't go on Twitter and Facebook and be like, yo, I'm suing my landlord because then people are going to be like, dude, that's your grandmother. What are you doing? But if you really do have a dispute with your, with your landlord, you might have to actually sue. So, you know, look, I get it. Maybe he doesn't know his grandmother. Maybe they're estranged. Maybe it's like he never talked to her and then his parents hooked him up. But either way, it's an in-family hookup. Regardless of whether or not we should or shouldn't have rent strikes, regardless of whether or not unemployment's getting bad, we are going to see people default on rent. And I've been warning about this for like over a month now that we're going to see the next wave of economic crash, of, of the crash. Because first you have service uh, shutdown, right? Anything that requires actions or interaction between two people, gone. Immediately, these people are without pay. 
Now we go a couple weeks of these people not spending money and these stores shut down. And what happens? The media gets hit. It, it, it's true. Like, I'm not going to I'm not going to shed too many tears from any of these media companies. But, you know, I'm getting hit by it, too, because advertising is dropping. Naturally, people like me are more resilient because we have lower overhead in our home studios and things like that as, as a, uh, uh, compared to like a big New York digital agency. But because these restaurants get shut down, they're no longer advertising on you know, Facebook and on websites, on Google, everybody in the media gets hit by this. Now take all of those employees of all those companies who have had pay cuts, been laid off, and the other workers who have been laid off. And, and trust me, the media is, is fairly insulated. Like a lot of these journalists are still working. Take all these people without pay and you got a serious problem. There's no economic movement there. That means people can't afford to pay their health care. They can't afford to pay their rent. Then the next wave hits the landlords. Now the landlords can't pay their ground maintenance, building maintenance. They can't pay their taxes or utilities. And the wave just ripples outward until the whole machine screeches to a halt. In order for the engine to turn, it needs fuel. Money is not the fuel. Money is more like lubricant that makes things move smoothly. It makes it easier. The real fuel of the economy is the value a human can provide to another human. Some humans own robots that provide the value for you. And there are some real uh, complications around automation we'll have to discuss. But if people aren't working, you can jam lube into that engine and it'll keep you know, moving a little bit and then slowly start slowing down because no matter how much money you pump into it, you are not creating value to keep the engine moving. That's the real fuel. If you can't spend money at a restaurant, at a bar, at a barber shop, the money loses value because it gets you less things. Then you're going to have to contend with the fact that doctors also have money are going to say, it's not worth it. I'm getting paid, but what can I really do with it? All the restaurants are closed. I guess I just get some food. It's better than nothing. But eventually, even the food stores aren't going to be able to be supported because meat processing plants are being shut down. And, and farmers can't send their, their uh, vegetables and milk to processing plants. The machine is grinding to a halt. So we can sit back and we could be like, red strike. Yeah, just UBI. Look, man, flooding your engine with oil to make sure it can move, won't make it move. And that's kind of how I view the UBI thing. Like, yeah, you can kind of like, you know, give it a hit. That's not real energy going into the system. The Daily Mail reports, in the last week of April, rental payments were not far off normal, according to the National Multifamily Housing Council. 92% of the rental properties in its data, uh, in its data paid or made partial payments compared with 93% in March. However, the lockdown is now enforced throughout the country and people's incomes have been battered. Although eviction moratoriums are in place, many of those will have expired by the end of July around the same time that supplements to employment benefits will be drying up. Bruce Brunner, who lives in Minneapolis, said two dozen of his 120 tenants have called to say they won't be able to pay their rent on time. Six weeks ago, you could name your price and you'd have multiple people applying, Brunner told the New York Times. Now you're deferring and working out payment plans, and it's only going to get worse. Sean Riley, 25, joined thousands of other tenants across New York on Friday for May Day protests demanding rent cancellation. The government doesn't control your rent. It's a business. Could you imagine if people demanded food price cancellation? I should be able to go in and just take whatever food I want. It doesn't work that way. Someone's got to make the food, and they want to be compensated with something of value that they can use to get something of value in return. We can just go back to barter, I suppose. Hey, what's that? You got a PS4 and a bunch of extra video games? Go to your landlord and say, I'll tell you what. 
I can't pay your rent, but I do have these shiny PlayStations. Here's the problem, though. Barter doesn't work because the utility companies don't want your PlayStation. It might work between people. It won't work between organizations and institutions, which is why money streamlines economic transactions. They say, as Riley and fellow tenants unfurled banners at their walk up to the Crown Heights neighborhood, cars surrounded Governor Andrew Cuomo's mansion in New York State Capitol, Albany, for a socially distanced protest. Similar movements took place across the country. This we understand. So look at these rent freeze protests that were out in New York. How come they're not complaining about this? Why aren't they saying these people are violating shutdown orders and quarantine? Why, are, why isn't the media attacking them? They don't really care. They tend to be on the side of the left for whatever reason. I guess it's because they're in cities as well. And so they're more likely to align with the ideology of these protests. But I'll tell you what, man, here, let me, let me read a quote for you. They say an estimated 12,000 unique tenants across 100 buildings in America's coronavirus epicenter participated in Friday's strike, according to preliminary figures from the advocacy group Housing Justice for All. I'm not going to lie. It is scary saying to our landlord, we're not paying rent, said Riley, a Democratic Socialists of America member who, along with four roommates, owes 3100 per month. I had a pit in my stomach when we sent that email, but that's what we have to be doing right now. Riley still has work. He declined to go into the specifics of his job for fear of repercussions, but says numerous colleagues lost employment and he's afraid he will be next. And there it is. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you two stories of far leftists who had money but don't want to pay. To be fair, the guy with his grandma, he got a stimulus check. I don't know if he's still working. Maybe the stimulus is enough for him to eat and he, and, and he doesn't want to just give that up for rent. I can respect that. I don't like it, but I, I can respect someone saying, I have to eat, yo. Food comes first. This dude still has a job. You mean to tell me that you're still working and you got Trump bucks and you ain't going to pay rent? You see, you see, this is disingenuous. These people don't actually care about the economic crisis coming. They're making it worse. Many of them probably gleefully making it worse, hoping that everything collapses so they can get their socialist system. But as we can see, even those who believe in, you know, helping the working class, when they get money, they ain't giving it up. That's what humans do, man. You think if you get a socialist system, you're gonna have a benevolent dictator? You think you're gonna have a real democratic system? No way, dude. It's gonna be a bunch of cronies circling the wagons, making sure they get what they want and you get nothing. And there we go. They say his neighbor, Stephen Henderson, whose household of four roommates splits paying 3,400 in rent each month, moved to the city from Colorado last summer and has lost all his freelance work in the television and film industry. The 24-year-old received his first unemployment check last week. U.S. jobless numbers have shot up to a past a crippling 30 million. He is still waiting for the $1,200 stimulus promised by the federal government. So if you're getting unemployment, you're gonna have to explain to me how it is that you can't afford to pay rent. The reality is they don't want to pay rent. That's it. These people would have, would have striked against rent with or without the coronavirus pandemic. They're using it as an excuse. And that's why this other dude, you know, the dude and his grandma, that was a virtue signal. That was him being like, look at me filing a lawsuit against my landlord. Power to the people. Woohoo. Yeah, bro, your grandma. I get it. These other people, they just don't want to pay rent. That's it. So here's, here's the big problem, right? Let's say you have a system that's totally socialist. The idea is that everybody works and everyone shares in the rewards. But when you have people who have the ability to pay, to pay, to, to transfer their value, you know, a, a, a trade value item to another person in exchange for some goods or service, they say, no, give it to me for free. What do you think is going to happen then if you implement socialism? 
These people are going to be demanding that they get special benefits and give up nothing in return. Meanwhile, across the country, conservatives and Trump supporters and some and many moderates and some liberals are saying reopen the economy. Why? We want to work. We want to make things and we want to be in control of our lives. These people are saying, government, do it. Government, give me money and let me live there for free. Yet the media is ignoring or at least supporting these people while slamming the Trump supporters and the conservatives who just want jobs. You know what, man? How are we supposed to have a fair and rational conversation about how to make this great economic machine work when the media is broken? I don't know. And that's why I look back at this story about the uh, Forest Grove renter sues landlord for tracking coronavirus stimulus check. And they don't tell you, okay, oh, oh, there it is. It's the lady from the Oregonian. That's why. Oh, no, no, the Oregonian's not that bad. I'm surprised they did this. They try to be fair, I guess. Fair, I'll do air quotes. Listen, this dude was his grandmother, but the media wants to make it seem more sensational, I suppose. So I got to be fair. I'll, I'll wrap it up on this. I get it. Just because it's his grandmother doesn't mean that they have a good relationship or anything. But the way I see it is it's a guy getting hooked up by his family. And now he's embarrassed because people found out. Yes, Antifa, his grandmother is a landlord. Surprise, surprise. The upper class privileged individuals are complaining and demanding socialism. The people in, in, in where was this? Where, where are these people protesting? This dude, Stephen Henderson, has a job. So does the guy Riley. The people with the money are the ones protesting, demanding free stuff. Ha ha ha. Meanwhile, the people whose shops have been shut down are getting arrested and getting fined because they're defying the order because they don't get the same privilege. Where's the media at? I love it. I'll see you all at 4 p.m. on my main channel, youtube.com slash Timcast. It's a different channel. I know it's weird. I'll see you all there. It's not just protesters that are upset with the lockdown orders and the regulations. It's regular people and things are getting really, really messed up, man. This story is sad. I don't, obviously I wasn't there, so I don't know the full details of what happened other than apparently in Michigan, a security guard was telling somebody they had to wear a mask, a fight broke out and the dude got shot and killed. This is the only story I have for you. There's a lot going on, but the New York Times apparently confirms this. We also have in New York City, just another example of this being well beyond just protests, dozens of summonses issued over social distancing violations in NYC parks. The parks are full of people. No one's listening anymore. And then we have this story. Two more California counties set to defy Newsom lockdown as pressure builds. It's safe to say, man, the lockdowns are failing and it's making things really, really bad. I don't want to have to read about this. This is a sad story, but I'm going to read it to you. Michigan security guard killed police investigating if it was over face mask dispute. Authorities are still investigating the incident, but are responding to reports on social media that said the fight started over face masks. Well, the New York Times seems to have confirmed this saying in Flint, Michigan, a security guard at a family dollar store was fatally shot on Friday afternoon after an altercation that the guard's wife told the New York Times had occurred over a customer refusing to wear a face covering, which is required in Michigan in any enclosed public space. Let's read the story. NBC says Calvin Munnerlin, a father of eight, shot in the head Friday while working at a family dollar, according to NBC affiliate WEYI. WEYI. Authorities said there have been multiple reports on social media the dispute started over a patron at the store not wearing a mask. 
We're seeing a lot of these reports on social media, so we're investigating them. Michigan State Police First Lieutenant David Kaiser said Sunday to the Detroit News, we'll talk to all the potential witnesses. No, man. Flint, Michigan is not MAGA country. This person was not some callous Trump supporter demanding a reopening of the economy. It was people just saying no. Now, it shouldn't have come to this. This is horrifying. Over in New York, it's thousands of people just flooding the parks. Kaiser told M Live the masks are part of the investigation. A vigil was held for Munderland 43 on Sunday night, and a GoFundMe has raised over $10,000 for his family's expenses. I just want to hear his voice again, DeMonte Munderland, one of his oldest sons, told WEYI. Michigan State Police did not immediately respond to NBC News' request for comment on Monday. Dude, seriously, I understand if you don't want to wear a mask or whatever, but come on, why does it have to go that far? The reason I'm highlighting this story is not because I think it's the most important story in the world. I certainly think this man's life was valuable and it's a tragedy and sad to see. But in, in, in terms of relevance for this bigger picture, what we're seeing is that, well, I, I guess I said it, it's, it's not protests. You, the governments have tried to lock things down. But the only way this works is if the people are willing to listen. Sure, in, a small, in the small scale, if the cops come out and issue tickets, eventually people might say, oh, no, I don't want to get a ticket or at a certain degree. But when there's hundreds and thousands of people ignoring you, your policing doesn't do anything and there is nothing you can do to stop it. Now, this guy in Michigan was a security guard. This was an altercation over wearing a mask. I've seen similar things, not like to that degree, but where a security guard or employee won't let you come to a store without a mask on. In this instance, it turned into a fight. I'll be fair, though. Senseless violence occurs in places like Flint, in places like Chicago and Detroit. So this could just be chalked up to sometimes people get into fights and sometimes people are armed in these places. and These things happen. But it does show that people are saying no to this. Take a look at what's going on in New York City. The Post says the NYPD dished out dozens of summonses for lax social distancing in city parks on Saturday as cooped up New Yorkers emerged from coronavirus quarantine to suck up the sun. Commissioner Dermont Shea said in parks specifically yesterday, we issued 43 summonses. Shea said Sunday in a joint press briefing with Mayor DeBel de Blasio. An additional eight summonses were issued outside of parks for a total of 51, said Shea, who noted that while not every single one of the write-ups was for failing to maintain a social distance, the majority were. I'd like to see these make it to the Supreme Court. They're going to ask you, what was the summons for going outside? And they're going to say, okay, First Amendment dismissed. If it even makes it to that point, we'll see what happens. Three arrests were made citywide. The top cop continued, though he didn't specific, uh, specify the exact circumstances. The flurry of summonses notwithstanding, both de Blasio and Shea stressed that most city dwellers are doing their part by keeping a wide berth. The vast majority of New Yorkers are following the rules, said de Blasio. Added Shea, I would just reiterate that we had tens of thousands of interactions with people all across the city yesterday, most of them without having to issue any type of enforcement activity, whether it's a summons or arrest. New Yorkers are exhibiting extreme patience for the last few months. We're going to ask for a little more of it. And this is what will keep happening. I've pointed this out. They keep saying, you know, uh, oh, we're going to lock down until, you know, April 12th. Then you get close to 12th. Oh, oh, no, it's going to go till the 30th. Uh, then May 15th. Then May 28th. Then June 15th. Then July 24th. And they keep extending it. Now, certain areas never locked down in the first place. Some areas are slowly starting to reopen. And regardless of what the states wants, want, some states are just straight up saying, we don't care. Oh, I'm sorry. Some counties are telling the states, we don't care. In Oakland, 
uh, for, from, uh, for Politico. Sutter and Yuba counties became the latest and largest jurisdictions set to defy Governor Gavin Newsom's stay-at-home orders, issuing a health order Friday that will reopen businesses still banned by California and possibly lead other counties to follow suit, one lawmaker said. You can't do anything about it. You know what? I kind of I like this. While, while, uh, not the, the first story. The fact that people are resisting shows, well, we Americans are an unruly bunch, and that's kind of a good thing. I mean, look, we agree. We live together. We're, we're typically peaceful. I mean, we do have problems with the violence in this country. But look, when you try to stamp down people with the boot of tyranny, forcing them to do things, even when they have constitutional rights, people just come out and say no. And not even just people, local governments and small towns. Now, it's gone both ways. There are a couple small towns in New Mexico that are completely shut down, which is surprising. Some states have opened, you know, enacted border restrictions. But in some areas, I mean, there's a divide on this one. They say the order by Yuba Sutter health official Fuang Lu will allow certain non-essential businesses that remain shuttered, restaurants, malls, gyms, salons, massage parlors, and tattoo shops to reopen Monday under appropriate business modifications that allow for physical distancing. The move by the adjacent counties governed by a single health officer marks the clearest sign of cracks in the statewide lockdown order Newsom imposed in the middle of March to help curb the spread of the coronavirus. Thousands of protesters converged on the state capitol and held rallies around the state Friday, calling for the governor to lift the order and allow businesses to resume operating, pointing to a flattening infection curve and economic desperation. This is one of the biggest problems with the hard lockdown orders is first, you break down confidence in the system. Now people are seeing that you don't have the strength to actually enforce any of these laws. Not only that, they've been letting out convicted criminals who have gone on to commit more crimes. You think regular people are going to have confidence in your system. You're nuts. And this is dangerous. The whole system of government is built upon confidence. The reason why many people, many criminals, I'm not saying regular people, but many criminals, not the overwhelming majority of people, are reticent to commit certain crimes is because they have to weigh the risks with the crime. But if criminals start feeling like if, if, if they lose confidence in your ability to police because you're letting them go and because you can't even enforce your own orders, well, then you'll see these people say, I don't care. I'll go do it anyway. Yesterday, we saw a story about a guy I think this was in California, got arrested three times in one day. He committed a crime, they lock him up. They let him ride out. Then he commits a crime, they lock him up. Seriously, they just kept arresting the guy and, le- and releasing him. So why should he believe there's going to be any ramifications for the, for the crimes he's committed? He wouldn't. And of course he didn't. That's why he kept doing it. Now, because of these harsh draconian lockdowns, counties themselves are saying no. Some cities are saying no. And naturally, they're going to be opportunists and people willing to exploit who will say, the government's weak. They can't do anything to stop us right now. And in, in the more terrifying sense, the, one of the results of this is you get people angry and anxious and agitated. And some of these people might be armed. And then a security guard might actually lose their life. People are protesting. Some of these people are armed. There's been no violence there. So let's talk about that. To all the people in media saying these, these Trump shutdown people and complaining about Trump and his supporters, are you going to talk about these people in the park? Are you going to compare them? There are substantially more people in the parks in New York than there are protesters demanding the, the, the state be reopened. Where's the media decrying them? Oh, that's right. Not there because they're biased. You want to talk about violence because some of the protesters were armed? All right, media, let's see you, let's see you complain about this man who took out this, uh, who, who ended the life of the security guard. I get it. NBC's reporting on it. I mean, like the opinion pieces from lefty digital media outlets. You wanted to complain. Let's see you put your principles you know, to where your pen is. They're not going to do it. 
while they're complaining about these protests in, in various states, they ignore the fact that right where they live, New York, LA, and other big cities, people have been ignoring this for a month now. They've been going out and driving and doing their thing. The lockdowns breaking down. Counties, people, defiance, even in New York City, you can't do it. There's pros and there's cons. Perhaps we're too unruly to actually save our own lives, or perhaps tyranny just won't work in this country. In response to the growing pandemic, even urban dwelling liberals went out and bought a bunch of guns. And there, were, there, some, there was that one viral video where the gun owner, uh, the gun shop owner was complaining about these first time buyers who didn't know their rights and thought they could actually just walk in and buy a gun. It's funny how when we actually see a rise in these serious issues, many people you expect to be default liberal all of a sudden start embracing what's traditionally viewed as conservative stances. Well, I'll tell you what, man, when the government comes in and says, do it or else, some people have bent the knee. Many people have not. The people who are getting these tickets are the people who are saying no. Now, of course, many people just listen to the, to the cops, but many people, many people said no. So you got to be careful about this because like I said, people start losing confidence in the system. They're going to start ignoring you every step of the way. And then things break down worse than they already are. But stick around. I got a couple more segments coming up for you in a few minutes. The next one talks about what might precipitate something truly scary, the shuttering of business and a major shortage of food. It's already here. Stick around. I'll see you in a few minutes. We've been warned for quite some time that food shortages were on their way. Donald Trump is set to, or may have already done this, used the Defense Production Act to keep meat processing plants open. But we were told because of the shuttering of these plants and supply chain disruptions, food would be in short supply. And I'm sorry to say we're here. Supply chain shortages has resulted in Costco and some other stores limiting what you can actually buy. Now, at first, there was panic buying and people rushing to stores and buying up whatever they could. But there was no real shortage. They just couldn't stock the shelves fast enough. Many media outlets came out and said, no, 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 it's not a, a shortage. It's just you got the trucks are coming in to restock things. It's just that everyone went out and bought them at the same time. And that was true. But it was also true that due to the shuttering of businesses, supply chains were being disrupted, meaning there was going to be a delayed response to when there actually was no more food to actually put on the shelves. And now here we are. And many of these people who are advocating the government, you know, keep the lockdowns, lockdowns running, don't understand that there's several businesses forced to close right now that handle from the farm to the processing, to the shipment, to the store, to your table. And because the economy is shut down and some of these businesses are deemed non-essential or just can't function, restaurants, for instance, aren't buying. So these factories are dumping product. Here's your shortage. The Daily Mail reports. Costco limits number of beef, poultry, and pork products customers can buy as meat supplies are on track to hit historic lows. Costco said Monday that it had limited the number of beef, pork, and poultry products customers can buy. Some of the biggest slaughterhouses in the U.S. have closed over the last few weeks as COVID-19 spread widely through meat processing facilities. That has cut beef slaughter capacity 10% and pork by 25%. Costco said it would temporarily limit fresh beef, pork, and poultry purchases to a total of three items per Costco customer, following Kroger Co., which has put purchase limits on ground beef and fresh pork at some of its stores. And with, and with experts warning, the food supply chain is breaking. 
Data shows as many as one out of every four Americans are projected to join the ranks of the hungry. I can't believe I have to have this conversation again. But when you get social media bias, removing fact-based information and propping up pathetic lies from morons who don't understand where the food comes from, this is what you get. One in four Americans now set to go hungry. I hope you're happy. Everyone who said we got to keep everything locked down to save lives. Whose lives? Why? How many? Do you even know what's going on? And have you followed the science? Oh, you didn't. But you think science is on your side. You people are morons and you're getting people killed. And now here we are. And you know what? It's worse than just the shortages. Take a look at this story. About 40% of local bars will probably not reopen. Hospitality expert says about DC. WJLA writes, keep in mind, most businesses are not just closed, but bars and restaurants had refrigerators and walk-in freezers filled with thousands of dollars worth of food and meats. All of that is gone. The majority of curbside carryout and delivery has added additional costs. Packaging and third-party delivery services are very expensive. They can charge 25 to 35% of that order. Restaurants and bars are simply not making any money and losing tens of thousands of dollars each day, which means when it comes time to reopen, they won't be able to because they won't have the money to restock. It will take time and energy. And that's why many of these businesses are shuttering permanently. Now, we can talk about a temporary halt on rent and mortgages and universal basic income. But what are we going to do? Mandate the government deliver meat that doesn't exist to restaurants so they can serve it to you? I'm sorry, that's gone. This is going to ripple out so much worse than any of you realize. Okay, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Most of the people watching probably get it's going to get bad. I hope you've bought supplies. I hope uh, uh, you enjoy the schadenfreude of all of the people on Twitter who mocked me when I said you need to get supplies. Perhaps you should buy some emergency food. And they didn't do it. And they thought it was funny. And now here we are. One in four Americans may go hungry because of this food shortage restaurants and bars will not be reopening. I hope you're hungry as people won't have the money to buy food. So you think printing it will work and then it causes a rapid inflation, in which case people can't buy anything because their purchasing power is gone. And then other people end up going hungry, not just because of the, the, the supply chain shortage, but because the price of eggs is already skyrocketing. Popular TV host and hospitality expert John Taffer views this challenge as resetting America. Taffer says if we are preconditioned to be safe and bars and restaurants are preconditioned to function safely, he thinks we get through this. It's going to be a slow climb, though. He believes the days of 20 people lined up at a 30 foot bar are gone. The capacity reduction could be a 50 to 60 percent in some could be 50 to 60 percent in some cases. I hate to throw a number like this out, but I will do it for you. It's an ugly number. I think it's about 40 percent of local bars will probably not reopen. And I think this number is closer to 50% for small local restaurants because they have higher operating expenses than bars do typically. He thinks business owners have to start thinking about the future. What happens next? How do businesses prepare for the moment the crisis subsides? And how can bars and restaurants get ahead of this and come out on top? The bar rescue host suggests that owners should not spend money now, hold resources so they can reopen effectively and have money in the bank to sustain operations once the pandemic ends. Taffer lived and owned his first business here in Washington. He owned a bartender's academy on K Street. So when these businesses don't reopen and the money you have is worth substantially less, not only because they've been printing it like crazy, but because you can't really buy anything with it anymore. What will you say? 
You know what they're going to say? I'll tell you what they're going to say. They're going to say, government, come, please take over. They're going to say, government, please print more money. Bill Maher recently called this out. Bless his heart. How can the government just keep printing funny money? At a certain point, people will realize it's worthless. If the government can literally just print trillions of dollars and say, here you go and hand it to you, what's the real value of it? That's what they've been doing for a really long time. And of course, the Bitcoin and you know gold standard people have pointed this out for a long time. Far be it from me to, to criticize or, or to tell them what to think. But no, it's true. You can't just keep printing money because money isn't value. It's just a mechanism for trade. Well, now food is is going to be gone too. So look, the value of the dollar, what, what can a dollar get you? I can go to Dave and Buster's, play some video games. That's fun. I can buy some video games for my home. That's fun. I can buy a skateboard. I can buy a car. I can use it to fly around the world. It's the value I can exchange. But hold on. Travel restrictions. Okay, I can't fly now. So the dollar can't get me that. Restaurants and bars, hanging out with my friends, having a drink. I can't do that either. So the dollar isn't worth that. I'm now holding the dollar asking, what can I do with this? Okay, well, there's a moratorium on eviction, so I don't need to spend it on my mortgage right now. I can buy food with it. So I go to the store and there's no food either. At a certain point, people will say this paper isn't worth anything because there is nothing I can do with it. I guess you can give it to the government because you owe it to them. But what do they give you in exchange? This is the, this is the problem of economic collapse, the value of the dollar and what it represents. At what point do people say, nah, don't give me the dollars, give me the gold, give me the Bitcoin, give me something else? Potentially soon. I don't know for sure. Let's read more about this food, food uh, uh, crisis. Before the pandemic, food policy experts say roughly one out of every eight or nine people across the nation struggled to stay fed. Starting Monday, Costco will also require all shoppers to wear masks or face covering. So that I get. John Tyson, chairman of the United States' largest meat processing company, Tyson Foods, Inc., said last week the food supply chain was breaking and millions of pounds of meat would vanish from grocery stores across the country. Here we can see a sign at a Costco, which reads, due to supply challenges, we will have to temporarily limit the following. All beef, pork, and poultry limit three total per member. We apologize for the inconvenience. Moving down, they say, Donald Trump has ordered meat processing plants to stay open to protect food supplies, a move that drew backlash from unions that said at-risk workers needed more protection. Yeah, sure. I'll tell you what, man. There's a lot of people on the left who demanded Trump use the DPA to produce protective gear. I get it. Now they're mad at Trump for using the DPA to open food processing plants. They're saying he's putting workers at risk. You know what, man? There's no right answer. We're going to starve. We're going to run out of food. What's supposed to happen? We are seeing some economies now reopen. Some states are easing things up. Republican states, many of them didn't close in the first place. So maybe we're on the, on the up, uh, upswing now. Maybe things are starting to recover. But as I showed you just a moment ago, many of these businesses won't come back. This damage is permanent. Was it worth it? Maybe it was. You know, a lot of people don't seem to understand. They say, see, look, the numbers, the, the amount of deaths is very, very low. The projections were wrong. No, 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 no. The projections, they were wrong, but maybe it just worked better than we realized. I'm not going to be a pessimist on this one. We all thought it was the right thing to do, shut things down. I was questioning very early on whether or not we, were, we should be bringing back Americans during the quarantine because we knew they were sick. Nancy Pelosi later came out and said, said the same thing. You know, we should have stopped Americans from coming in. It was an argument to be made. We started saying maybe we need to shut down uh, things and have some, some, some lockdowns because we didn't know how bad this was going to get. Well, now we can see that it didn't get nearly as bad as we thought. So that's a good thing. This is what I tell people. Listen, they often forecast hurricanes. 
and everyone runs out, boards up their buildings, you know, and goes and buys some food. And then I remember this happened in Florida. I was there. They said a hurricane was coming. Everyone rushed to buy goods and board up their windows. And then the hurricane turned and people were happy about it. They said, thank, thank the heavens that the, the hurricane has missed, missed us and we didn't actually need any of the stuff. We should be saying the same thing. The only problem now is for tribal reasons, people have adopted this stance of either keeping it locked down forever or opening up now. I think we want to open up now. I think we want to do it slowly and safely. And I think the people who are saying indefinite lockdown, watch out for the second wave, are partisans who don't actually have a real argument. Otherwise, it's going to get bad. And it already is bad, and it's going to get worse. So I'll leave it there. Stick around. I got one more segment coming up in a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. I've been seeing a lot of comments on social media, comments on photos of these anti-lockdown protesters. One of the photos that I've seen a lot of is this one right here. There is a man, he has a pot leaf on his chest, and he is yelling at some police officers. And this is in Mich- uh, Michigan. You can see the officer here. It says Michigan on his arm. Well, the common uh, uh, criticism is that black protesters wouldn't be allowed to do the same. In this photo, we see this man, Kerry Pennebaker. He's a DNC member saying a contrast in privilege. In one photo, we see this young black woman wearing a dress. It's a very famous photograph. And riot police have run up to grab her and arrest her. In this photo, we can see this white man with a pot leaf on his chest yelling at the cops and the cops seemingly doing nothing. The first, there's so much wrong with this. As somebody who's extensively covered protests, I'm going to break this down for you and tell you straight up, this narrative about white protester privilege is wrong. Not completely wrong, but the narrative they're pushing is almost completely wrong. It is absolutely fair to say there are disparities in protests. There are racial pro, there is racial profiling. We saw it in Ferguson. It exists. But the idea that a white person is going to get away with something a black person isn't, for the most part, is absolutely false. And I have photo evidence to prove it. And I'll break down some of the nuance here. Take a look at this Wonket article. They say all lives matter an awful lot when you're protesting while white. During Occupy Wall Street, there were mostly white people. In fact, what sparked some of the, the most outrage around Occupy was that there was, I believe, three or four white women who were standing on the sidewalk and Officer Anthony Bologna walked up and pepper sprayed them for no reason. Where was their white privilege then? It didn't exist. And then the video of that went viral. It was one of the fastest viral videos ever at the time. And it sparked national outrage. This guy ended up getting reassigned. So I thought, I thought you say that uh, the, the all lives matter a whole lot when you're protesting while white. There's videos out of Occupy Wall Street of white people being whacked by cops. One guy having his head smashed into a glass door. I've seen all these protests and I've seen the same thing. You see, it, you see this guy, right? Yelling at the cops. All right. Well, there's a bunch of different photos of black people yelling at cops. Were they beaten and arrested? No, it's just protests. Protests happen. I certainly believe racism is a problem. I certainly believe in many of these protests, you've seen unjust actions by the police. But to act like there's some racial, you know, disparity here. So let's actually read this and then we'll break this down. Before we get started, however, I got to give a shout out to my sponsor for today, Virtual Shield. In the description below, you will see a link, hidewithtim.com. It will bring you to this website, Virtual Shield site. This is a VPN service, a virtual private network. It help keep, helps keep your data safe while you're browsing the web. As many of us have increased our internet usage because we're all locked down, it becomes more important than ever to have some kind of security. So I always tell people security isn't perfect, 
But this is a basic level of security, right? You don't expect people to break into your home for the most part, but you do put locks on your doors and windows just in case, right? If someone really wanted to, they could probably kick your door in unless you got some beefy lock. Well, this is a basic lock for your internet. Stops spying, tracking. If you're doing banking, banking stuff can be uh, um, beneficial to you. So check it out, hidewithtim.com. And one last shout out for most of you who know Virtual Shield. They're one of my, they're, they're, they are my first sponsor. They've been there for me. And I'm really grateful that in these times when everyone's revenue is dropping and people are you know, losing work and unemployment is skyrocketing, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm extremely grateful that I have the privilege, right, to have a sponsor helping support my content. So I hope you consider them when you're looking for a, 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 a VPN service. Again, hidewithtim.com. Wonket writes, if you follow enough of these Donald Trump rallies posing as COVID lockdown protests, you'll notice a pattern. No one's getting their their butts beat. I'll keep it family friendly. This is what happens when entitled white people act out. It's a big party. You'd think a sports team had won a championship game. Last year, Sacramento, California, police arrested 84 people during a protest over the district attorney's decision not to file charges against two officers who shot and killed Stephen Clark an unarmed 22-year-old black man. Friday, there was a hashtag fully, fully open California rally at the Capitol in Sacramento with a motley crew of infectious stupidity that shouted USA and open up while waving around coronavirus tainted American flags. I love the loaded language, by the way. They also got up in cops' faces and screamed like an old person trying to order at the Starbucks drive through 32 anti-shutdown protesters were eventually arrested after calling cops traitors and trying to storm the Capitol. What happened to Blue Lives Matter? Well, if you've actually paid attention and talked to them, they've been repeatedly saying on social media that they don't like the cops that are enforcing unjust laws. There was a really great moment where a man, I believe it was Hank Newsom, showed up to a Trump rally and basically said, you know, he was invited to speak by the Trump supporters. He said, we're not anti-cop, we're anti-bad cop. We're not protesting against police. We're protesting for our rights. And the crowd cheered for them. Lo and behold, when you actually communicate, the barriers break down. And you'd be surprised to realize that the protesters actually have a lot in common in their principles, freedom and civil rights. Now, they may disagree politically, and we often jump the gun and point the finger at each other. But it was one of the coolest things ever I had ever seen when the Black Lives Matter protesters came to the Trump rally and the Trump rally people were like, come on up. We're going to give you your free speech and you have your say. And when the Black Lives Matter dude spoke, people actually cheered for him. Lo and behold, the real fight is not between people of different races. It's the populist and the elites. It's the it's the it's the class based. It's the establishment media and the Democratic allies and the lies. You know what I think is going on? Why it's it's more you're more likely to see you know, Trump supporters being vilified and attacked because Trump shattered the Republican establishment. Now, I'm not pretending like Trump's not an elite himself. Of course he is. But Trump is, is talking to the populists of the right wing. And there's one thing that the left and the right populists agree. The media is lying and propping up their crony establishment types. So perhaps if it took two seconds to stop and actually talk to these people about what they want, instead of saying, ha, 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 you got arrested, you could say, welcome to the fight. What you're experiencing with these police shutting you down, we experience all the time as well. And maybe now they might not agree with you, but they might say, well, I may not agree with you that you're always experiencing this, but I can certainly say this kind of thing should not happen. And you can stand hand in hand. I'm reminded of a story from Occupy Wall Street. A black dude came down to the park and started telling people, the people of color, don't, you know, stand with these protesters. These rich white people never stood there and got your back. And this dude showed up and said, no, 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 that ain't it. Another black dude said, 
You know, my response is to all these young white people who are now protesting. Welcome to the fight. He said, I'll shake their hand and say, welcome to the fight. Thank you now for joining me. Now, I'm not saying their protests were correct or their ideology was right. I'm saying when it comes to tact, when it comes to how you actually win, this ain't it. Insulting and attacking people for the color of their skin. But aren't they arguing for basically the same thing you were? Why would you now come out and insult them? You don't know these people. Why would you make, why would you, uh, care, you know, stereotype these people as, as someone who hated you? Another viral post talks about how these people were the ones who hated and yelled at Colin Kaepernick. First of all, if any of these people were criticizing Colin Kaepernick, it wasn't because he did protest. They agree he has the right to do it. They're saying that he was disrespectful. So by all means, you're allowed to say things and they're allowed to criticize you. That's free speech. But it doesn't even it's not even the point. The point is these people are protesting and whether or not they disagreed or agreed with with Kavanaugh, I'm sorry, with Kaepernick, not Kavanaugh. It's just another protest. And that's why it's funny. When I see these these photos go viral, I have seen photos like this 50 billion times. Okay, oh, I get it. I'm exaggerating. But dozens to hundreds of times, there are photos of someone yelling at the police. It's everywhere. Here's another young woman who appears to be a a black Muslim woman yelling at the police. Was she knocked to the ground and beaten and arrested? I thought I thought she was talking about her being white. What about this woman who's yelling at the police? What about this guy who's yelling at the police? You get my point, man. They want to spin this yarn. Here's a story from the Daily Beast. What would happen if I got in white cop's face? From uh, This is from April, uh, updated April 14th, 2017, published December 30th, 2014. They say a photo of a young white woman screaming in an NYPD officer's face makes me wonder what he'd do if I did that. I think I better not. Well, I'll tell you what, man, a bunch of protesters have done just that and have been relatively fine. Now, I'll stop and say it's fair to point out maybe these people did eventually get arrested. I don't know their full stories. In fact, this woman may have actually been arrested as well. As they point out in the Wonkette story, what did they say? 32, 32 people got arrested there. So what are you talking about white privilege? They're getting arrested all the same. Stop trying to make this about how you don't like a certain race. Stop being racists. Everybody wants to be respected. Everybody wants their rights. And there are some people that want to take your rights away. Take it up with them. Stop yelling at the regular working class Americans who want their jobs back. They are not the police. They're not oppressing you. Stop. Or, you know what I mean? Listen, here, here's the issue I take with this. These are the people who are arguing for their right to protest. And they're going after regular working class, lower class Americans. Bro, weren't you just complaining about the police a couple of years ago? Why are you now defending them? I complained about the police too. This is what bothers me the most. During Black Lives Matter rallies, during Occupy Wall Street, I consistently complained and, t- and criticized the police when they were violating the First Amendment rights. And I got all the praise in the world from these lefties. Here I am doing the exact same th- thing again. And I'm arguing with the same people who are like, well, now it's for our safety, not for rights. I don't care. You want to have an argument about safety? Let's talk about what happened in the camp during Occupy Wall Street when several people were assaulted. I'll keep it family friendly, but if you know what I mean, brutally, or about the guy who took a dump on a cop car. You want to talk about safety and cleanliness and all that stuff? Spare me. I am talking about a principle. No, you shouldn't attack other people. No, you shouldn't, you know, attack a cop and shove them and do these things. But somebody, but individuals, regardless of their ideology, have a right to protest and to peaceably assemble. Perhaps you guys, if you want me to continue defending you, should should have me trust you. This is your opportunity. 
It was your opportunity to go to the people you view as those who wouldn't normally support you and say, hey, I'm going to support your protest. Can you do me a favor? Next time I protest, can you support my right to protest too? And guess what they'd say? Yes. You know what I love about this too? Take a look at the guy with the Guy Fox mask. Not typically a far right symbol. But this is what you get, man, from people who want to weaponize this. They want to tell you that it's all about the color of your skin. Look at this one. The white woman young at the cop. This guy tweets blinks in Black Lives Matter. Watching the way these white people are treating the police is a reminder that it was never about Blue Lives Matter. It was always about how black lives don't. No, it wasn't. They're protesting completely different things. And these people, this woman, she probably didn't even know anything about what you have done. Why would you assume this woman specifically had bad mouthed you in your protest? That makes no sense. Stop assuming you know who these people are. The same is true for the Black Lives Matter protesters. I don't know what that this guy has been through. I don't know why he's angry. I'm not going to claim he's the one yelling at you to stop protesting. I'm talking specifically about the people writing for Wonkette who are. For all I know, this dude is legitimate, principled, and would defend someone's right to protest. Don't know, don't care. My only point is, he has a right to protest, so do you. Welcome to America. The Constitution is awesome. Everyone needs to drop this act, pretending like this is how the world always is. There is so much nuance, and, 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 and uh, it's, it's, there, there's so much nuance in how these things actually go down where people live, what their police have done in the past, what their department is made of, who the protesters are, what the protesters want, and what the protesters have done. So if you're going to criticize a group of dudes who are armed, who stand on the sidewalk, and that's it, and you're going to say they should be arrested, that's what we're apparently seeing with this photo, but then you're going to claim that other protests where there have been gas stations burned down are somehow special, you know what, dude, I'm not playing. Each protest is different. There's a big difference between people riding in the streets and torching limos and dudes standing around with weapons. And you know what? They all have a right to protest. But I'm not going to pretend like one side is always riding. It's not true either. Sometimes the cops come during Occupy Wall Street. For instance, I called this out. Started arresting people arbitrarily. I was, I was, I was actually arbitrarily arrested in D.C., but I didn't get processed. I got released. I have narrowly escaped arbitrary arrest in New York. You can call it out. It happens to everybody. It doesn't matter what the color of your skin is. 32 people were arrested. Keep in mind, I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tomorrow at 10 a.m. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all next time.